Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Family, if you don't mind, let's go together in prayer. God, I thank you for each and every person here. We never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will also get something out of the message today they can use. They can use and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use what is spoken here today and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Now, we are aware that we're in church, so there may be some scripture, at least one that we talk about today. So before we redo that, we like to always say a confession. Say this confession with me. It'll be displayed up on the screen. We can read it together. We call it This is My Bible. Ready? Read. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God-breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Family, today being that it's Mother's Day, we have a very, very specific task that we want to do today. It's not going to be your, your normal type of service. We're actually going to have sort of a panel. We're going to have men that are going to come up and they're going to share their thoughts concerning their mom surrounding certain perspective. One of the things that we have done here in the past is something called man talk. And what man talk is, is a bunch of men getting together to talk. Why? Because men usually don't talk. They used to keep stuff on the inside to the point to where they snap. And you wonder why they snap. Because, Joker, you ain't been talking to nobody. You need to open your mouth, say something. So we, we, we used to have man talk. So well, we're going to invite you in as sort of a, a man talk. But, except they're going to be talking about their moms. We're going to cover five perspectives. And it's not going to be every possible perspective as it relates to mom. But I think it's important for women, for female mentors, for those people call mom, to hear from the voice of a man. When they say, mom, what, 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 what does that mean in their life? We're going to start here. I have 10 images for you. Image number one. We're going to be reading some very short passages of scripture, not a lot, a verse here, a verse there. But after we do that, we're going to throw up a perspective and that perspective, I may have some things to say, but there are certain men here who've been asked, hey, I want you to consider this perspective. And if you have something to say, please come up and say it. So they already know who they are. Right. OK, just want to make sure. 
Want to make sure. Okay, give me the give me the first image. Genesis 30, excuse me, Genesis 3, verse 20, amplified classic, talking about Eve, the first mother who gave her who gave life to all. It reads this way. The man called his wife's name Eve, life spring, because she was the mother of all living things. Perspective number one. Men honor, respect, uh, have appreciation for whatever word works there. Their mom, because, hey, she gave me life. There are times where people seem to struggle. You know, what if you, the Bible says I shouldn't honor my mama, how should I? I can't honor my mom. My mama did this. My mama did that. But there's one thing you can't take away from your mom. She gave you life. She was the gateway into this world for you. And whenever I think about my mom, no matter the situation, no matter what we're talking about, no matter how I'm feeling at the time. When I want to be able to reflect on how much I want to honor her and how much I love my mom, I only have to but look at my wife, my children, my godchildren, my grandchildren, the people that I know. Why? Because all of that exists because I am here. And I am here because she was and still is, thank God. So if I have an issue with honoring her, then I have an issue with all the good things that have happened in my life because she gave me life. My mother. She is my life spring. You, sir, are my guy. Oh, okay. Anyone else? Thank you. Come on up to the mic. They're on. And say your name. Marcus. Okay. Williams. Go ahead. <laughs> All of them are on. Just talking to anyone. I want the blue one. The blue one's right there on the. Well, th this one has blue. Too. They all kind of have some blue, really. Yeah. <laughs> Let's stick with this one. Stick with this one. <laughs> By the way, this is unscripted. <laughs> so we kind of get what we get, all right? <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Um, I'm just. It might be me. Go ahead. I'm just uh, thankful, thankful because I know a lot of great guys and gals alike and they don't have a mother in their life. No mother, no mother figure, nothing at all. And they have to, you know, learn all these lessons that a mother is, you know, that typically teach, that they typically teach. And I just think to myself, how much better would they be if they had a mother? Because everyone deserves one. And, you know, some of the greatest people, some of the greatest inventors, they don't have, you know, such a, a great, like, resource. And, 
you know, I'm just thankful every day because, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from my mom. She always has something to, to teach, and I'm always willing to learn. So you know, I'm just, I'm thankful. You know, she's not here right now, but, you know, I'm sure she wouldn't be too surprised that I'm up here on, on the stage talking. So, but they, there's always something to learn. There's never, she never, she never doesn't have an answer. There's always some answer. And she just kind of keeps me, all of us, in check, really. And, you know, I'm just, that's something that is priceless. There's nothing that I trade for that. And sometimes I just, you know, things could be really, really different. Things could be really different. And I'm thankful that it's not because I love my mom. And everything that, you know, I, I have that I've done, that I've learned, my process, how I go about things, it all has her engraving on it. I learned all that from her. So, you know, always thankful. Always, oh, always thankful. Thank you. And I let her know, too. I do my best to let her know because there's no real point in, you know, having all this thankfulness and joy if it can't be shared, right? So what mother doesn't want to hear that their child is thankful for them, right? Right. So... That's, that's what I got. That's what I got. Thank you. Ma, if you're watching somehow, I love you. And can't wait to see you back in Tampa. <laughs> Thank you. Michael, did you want to say something? Go ahead. You can. Do you want to? Okay. All right. The can is different. Okay. All right. Thank you. You can go down. Thank you. Um, my name is Michael, and um, the obvious is I wouldn't be here if my mom didn't give birth to me. Um, but she also introduced me to this life of being a believer. Um, growing up, constant prayer, constant talking about scripture. Um, she didn't preach at us. She shared the word. But then she walked it out. She lived the word. Um, introduced me to different um, teachers, different Bible scholars that I grew up and I gravitated toward them because she gravitated toward them. Um, I just thought that was the norm. Everybody went to church on Sunday and on Wednesday and on Friday. <laughs> I just thought that's what everybody did. So I, I learned different. But my mom, she was just an always praying woman. Not only did she give me life, but she kept giving me life. Um, there were situations in which she would go without so that I and my sisters and brothers would have. And so it was just an ongoing process of just life-giving after life-giving after life-giving. So that's what happened that way. Thank you. Let's move over to our, to our next perspective. Go to the second. The oh. Please. Yes, sir. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all these beautiful ladies. My name is Frank Jackson, and I'm going to try to be the, uh, the short one because uh, 
I'm from Louisiana and I was raised Southern Baptist, so I could be up here all day. <laughs> so when we when we talk about uh, mothers and my mother that gave me life, I can't just think about just my mom because I was fortunate to know my great great grandmother on both sides. I can remember at three years old where they'll take me to Big Mama house and uh, Big Mama was I guess my earliest earliest uh, memories I can date back to uh, a mother her care and giving life. I'm talking two generations uh, prior to me so I can remember uh, they're taking me to the house. I'm uh, about two, three years old, ballet can walk, and she was in a wheelchair at that time. And I can remember things to this day where she taught me that uh, uh, the greatest uh, commandment is to love your mother, honor your mother. Uh, then I, could, I can recall my grandmother on my mom's side. Uh, as a little child, we was brought up into the church. You had Sunday school, you had uh, Sunday church, and then you had that Tuesday night, then you had that Wednesday night. So that's what I, that's what I uh, was brought up in. So, so I thank my mom for giving me life, but also showing me uh, at an early age, putting perspective there. But, but one thing I say why I always go back to my grandparents, my grandmothers in, in particular, is that didn't matter how small we were, before we can walk into her house on Sundays, she'd like, come here. And she'd be sitting on the stoop. And she's like, what you learn in Sunday school? So if you, couldn't re if you couldn't recall or tell her what you learned in Sunday school, you wasn't going in to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Motivation. So, <laughs> yes. So, so learning the Ten Commandments. Uh, uh, knowing, and and my, my grandmother, she, she liked to she called it the Book of Moses, Moses. So you always had to tell her a story. So mine was always Joan of Arc. So, but that's my thing. So uh, I'm appreciative for my mom. I'm appreciative for the lineage that she left that I can uh, talk to my kids and stuff about. Uh, when I picked or uh, when God granted me Niger, that's one of the things that had to be a check mark. So if she didn't fit all the, all the marks with my grandmother, then my mom, then I know I wouldn't be standing here with, and looking at her. Amen. So I don't know to this day what they told her in that back room. <laughs> but I know when she came out, she looked at me. I said, okay, you the one. Say, <laughs> so in, the, in the church where we talk about going to the upper room, Miss Naja went to the back room. We don't know what went on back in the back room, but they together. Thank you, Jesus. Go to the next one for the second perspective. That is funny. Okay, this is about, I think it's Jochebed, Pharaoh's daughter, and Moses. Two versions here, We're easy to read for a set, and then one verse out of the voice. Exodus 2, 1 through 4, easy to read. There was a man from the family of Levi who decided to marry a woman from the tribe of Levi. She became pregnant and gave birth to a baby boy. The mother saw how beautiful the baby was and hid him for three months. Now, she hid him because Pharaoh wants to kill all the baby boys. If it's a Hebrew girl, let the child live. 
If it's a Hebrew boy, he told the midwives, get rid of him. So she hid. So she hid him for as long as she could. After three months, she made a basket and covered it with tar so that it would float. Then she put the baby in the basket and put the basket in the river. In the tall grass, the baby's sister stayed and watched to see what would happen to the baby. Exodus 2.10 in the voice, the boy grew and when the time was right, the woman brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and she adopted him as her own. She named him Moses because, as she explained, I took him out of the water. Notice the bold text there. That's going to be our focus. One, she hid him for as long as she could. She did something. She made a basket and covered it. She did something for his good. She put the baby in the basket and put the river basket in the river. Ooh, she made a hard decision to let him go for his good. Mm. And then verse 10 Somebody adopted him. Every, every, every mother is not the mother that gave you birth. All right, gentlemen, here's the next perspective. Man talk perspective number two. Far as mom, she was willing to let me go or sent me away so that I could have a better life. It may have actually saved my life. She came up with a plan to give me an opportunity for a better life. Or an opportunity just to live. And I'll give you my little snippet on that that my mom told me not too long ago. I think I've shared this before, but I hadn't. I had no idea. She always told me about how she didn't get a chance to go to college. How she felt in her mind that she should have been the valedictorian of her class, but they gave it to a girl who was fair skinned. And I know that that's still sticking in her gut because the way she talked about it, it was like yesterday. Now, in those days, people stayed home to help. Now, her brothers, she was one of the oldest of 15. So her brothers, you know, a lot of them went to, to, to college and whatnot. But as far as her being an older girl, she was more like a second mom. So she didn't get that opportunity. I come around and she sees, OK, he's good in school. So she has a lot of pressure on me for an education. But I have no idea why. I have no idea why, but she pushes me. And long story short on that, I do get my education. But she told me a story once. She told me a story about when I was in high school that I was supposed to be put in an honors class. But they told her, Mrs. Smith, all the classes are full. She says, it's public school. She says, yeah, but, but my son qualifies for this honors class. I understand, Mrs. Smith, but we no longer have enough teachers. All those classes are full. She said, OK. I got to go down to the school, mom. She went down to the school. She told them people say, here's what's going to happen. My boy is going to be in that class. If I have to stand in that class and make sure he's in that class, he's going to be in that class. And if he has to sit on the floor. He will sit on the floor, but he will be in that class. Guess what? I was in that class. <laughs> But that's the thing that my mom did for me. And I remember the story she tells me to this day about when she, you know, kind of watched me go off to school. It broke her heart. She says she cried and she cried. 
She said, I walked away from that car like I didn't even know her. She said, and that broke my heart. But I knew that you had to do that to be the person that you are. So moms, guess what? Can let you go to send you away for your good, even though it hurts them. And we also saw, guess what? Pharaoh's daughter adopted Moses. So that throws in the element that not every woman that person calls mother is their birth mother. Any gentlemen want to talk about that? Please come up. Just state your name. And, oh, you already need a tissue. God, got it. It's right here. <laughs> no. This is this is one of my best friends. I got you. I will wipe your eyes. I rub your back. I will. Oh, me and this me and this guy. I got you, bro. Just let me know what you need. Go ahead and share, whatever God leads you to share. I don't care the color, so blue. <laughs> Whichever one works. <clears throat> So, I guess I'm the only one that took the mic off the stand, too, so. Um, I think for me, um, and I'm not going to be long, um, I have two mothers. I have the mother that gave me my life, and I have the mother that raised me. Um, it's a little bit difficult because I just lost my mom in September, so. This is my first mother today, Mother's Day without her. <clears throat> Thank you. I'm gonna need a whole box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, say your state your name. My name is Adrian McCray. <laughs> All right. So um, the short version is um, when I was born, my mother, my my father, I won't say insisted, but he strongly asked that um, she let him let me come stay with him. And they went back and forth, but she finally agreed that I would stay with my dad and um, I would go visit her in the summers. And I didn't realize any of this backstory when I was growing up, but when I got older, we talked about it, and she said that um, it hurt her to let me go. But she knew that it was the best thing for me. And I look back now, and I firmly realize and believe that I would not be the person I am today if she had not made that decision and that sacrifice. Um, I, I have the utmost love and respect for her, not just because of that, but because we probably have the best relationship that I've ever seen, um, hands down. She was my mother, but she was also my best friend. Um, there was nothing she wouldn't do for me. There is, um, we would go fishing, and that was her thing. We'd sit outside the creek with a cane pole, hot, didn't catch any fish. <laughs> but that was our time, and I cherish that to this day. Now, I said I had a second mother. My dad, uh, my, my mother, my mother, my birth mother, never married. Um, but the woman that he did marry was probably equal in terms of as best mom 
um, than I could have ever had. And I actually refer to my birth mother as my mother, and I refer to um, my dad's wife, my mom. But I've never made any distinction between the two. They're both my moms. Um, so I, I guess, like this one right here, one let me go and one picked me up. So, um, And there was never any animosity between either one of them. Um, I was my mother's son, and I was my mom's child. Um, never made any distinction. I was never less than. Um, I was always fully included, um, which was, you know, we, we never used the term step. I was never a stepson, I was her son. And to this day, I honor her as well, equally. So um, a lot of people grow up um, really conflicted not knowing their mom, or really conflicted um, being part of a blended family. And um, I'm here to say that uh, it doesn't have to be that way. If you're, if you're in a blended family, there's no such thing as step or it's your child. Um, you, you, when you take responsibility, you take ownership, and you treat the child just like it's your own, which is what my mom did. So, um, yeah, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> that's all right. You know, as he gets ready to, and we'll we'll see we'll see him again because he's got some other stuff he wants to share. On the adopted part, <laughs> on the adoptive part, I want to talk about a small nuance to that because there is, you know, like legal adoption. And then there are people that are just look at you and say, you know what, I'm going to love you like you're mine. There's people in your life that you be like, I'm going to love you like you're, mine, like you're mine. I would like for you all to know that the mother of the woman I married is the same way with me. When I married Greta, Greta and I have known each other, you know, since we were knee-high to a grasshopper, as they say. But when we got married, you know, I grew up hearing people say stuff like, oh, my mother-in-law. Oh, she coming over here. Oh, God. I wonder when she going to leave. And then you go to you go to you know you go to the job and people are talking about they just, they just don't never have good things to say. Some do, but a lot of them were acting like. And so you got this like deer in the head, like what is going to be like? What is going to be like? Let me tell you, I don't have that testimony. From the day we were married, Greta's mother loved me completely. I remember there's one time where. We were doing things, and she, she, you know, we know you go through and you give hugs, and and she she grabs me like this, like, you know, you kind of do the, you, you kind of do the, the the, the hug and back away. That's what you do. It's a hug, you know. It's for a reason, not a season. So you just <laughs> hug and back away. But I, I I hugged her, but she locked under me like this. And she says, you are my son. And I must not have registered right because she kept me right here. And she says to me, 
you're my son. And then she adds, I love you like I gave birth to you. I was done. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and, and to this day, that has been true. Been true. So when we're talking about mothers and adoptive mothers, if you have um, a, another mom through marriage and that relationship is good, guess what? <laughs> She's adopted you. She's taken you on as, her, as, as if she gave birth to you. Next perspective, please. Okay, we're going to talk about Hannah and Samuel. And then Lois, the grandma of Timothy, Eunice, the mother of Timothy, and of course, Timothy. Samuel, 1 Samuel is going to be easy to read. And Timothy is going to be the Amplified Classic. 1 Samuel First, chapter 1, verses 10 through 11. And Hannah was so sad that she cried the whole time she was praying to the Lord. As you guys know the story, she wanted to have a baby and she wasn't able to have kids thus far. She made a special promise to God and said, Lord, all powerful. You can see how sad I am. Remember me. Don't forget me. If you will give me a son, I will give him to you. He will be yours his whole life, and as a Nazarite, he will not drink wine or strong drink, and no one will ever cut his hair. Second Timothy, verses, chapter 1, verse 5, Amplified Classic. Paul's talking. Paul says, I am calling up memories of your sincere and unqualified faith. The learning of your entire personality, the, the leaning of your entire personality on God and Christ in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness, a faith that first lived permanently in the heart of your grandma, mother Lois, and your mother Eunice, and now I am fully persuaded dwells in you also. Next perspective is this. We've already had some folks talk about this. Man talk perspective three. Far as mom, she dedicated me to God. She taught me the faith. And it's not just mom. It's grandma. We've already had some gentlemen talk on that. I'm going to tell you, as far as me, my grandma, especially my mom's mom, Grandma Betty. Grandma Betty was the wife of the reverend, the right reverend, Thomas Conley. And I can remember my grandma, you know, she had 15 kids, so it was always something going on. It was always somebody with some snippers. Always, they used to tell me stories about how they made their clothes by buying a certain type of potatoes that came in a sack, and then they would use the sack to make clothes. So they were, they were thrifty, and they were handy, but my grandma always seemed to have a smile on her face. And she was in a rocking chair. Always rocking. And I would come, walk in. Grandma, how you doing? 
Benji, God is good. <laughs> Grandma, how you feeling? The Lord woke me up this morning. My grandmother, her answer to everything in life was God. God sees me. God can handle it. God will get us through. I know I got God on my side. God, 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 God. And it wasn't just what she said. It's what I was able to see. When I could see what she said actually manifested like she said through the tears, through the hard times, through the cars breaking down, couldn't fix it to, hey, what do you do when you got a lot of kids when it's time to feed them? What feed them? Rice. Potatoes, cornbread, biscuits. Benji, it might not be the, what was, what was it? It's not highfalutin. It, 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 it might not be, basically what she said, it might not be high cotton. It might not be what the folk who own high, in the high cotton eating, but thank God we eat. My grandmother. And it flows through my mom. And my mom taught me so many good things. All the things that they said, going to Sunday school, going to church. My dad was the minister of music. So I spent many services sitting, I guess, side to side with him on the keyboard while he played. I ate butterscotch. <laughs> he played He played the choirs and it was country. So he went around because everybody didn't have a musician. So he traveled around and today I am with him. And when we go to certain places, I know, ooh, this is where... The lady make the, the, the oxtails and rice. Oh, this is where the lady make the fried chicken. And so you got to know, depending on what city you was in, what you was going to be eating. Because, you know, they're going to stay and they're going to eat. They're going to feed the pastor. My daddy was there because he was married. Anyway. <laughs> but we can talk a lot about the, I guess you call it the spiritual things that our parents, our, our mothers and grandmothers taught us. But you know what? I'm thankful to my mama, and she got it from her grandma, from her mom, so my grandmama, that they didn't just teach me, and I'm going to be hopefully not skidding on somebody's religion, but they didn't just, just teach me the spiritual. They taught me the practical parts of life. They taught me how to cook, how to clean, how to be mannerable. I remember my mama telling me, my mama said, listen, you ain't going to be one of these men that just sit on his behind and sit on the couch all day and not do nothing. God gave you two good working hands and two good working feet. Let's, see, let's put them to work. Do something. I need, she go off to work. She call me, get that chicken in the oven. Get them beans on the stove. And she, just, she, she taught me how to do stuff. And, and, and clean your room. You're not going to be messy. We don't do messy. And I'm not going to clean up behind you. Clean up for yourself. I learned something the other day. My wife and I took my mom out to dinner with, over the last week. Took my mom out to dinner over the last week. Oh, I'll tell you something really sweet. I told, I told some other people this. Took my mom out to eat. My mom got, y'all, my mom, well, I'm not going to say it about my mom. Sometimes my mom says things that when, after the fact turn out not to be what she said. <laughs> anyway and so my mom always say when we say hey mom you want to go out to eat she says 
well, baby, mama's not really hungry. I don't, you know, mama don't eat a lot. My mama get there, get the, ch the chicken breast with the mashed potatoes and the baked potato and then the sweet potato and then she want lemonade. And I'd, I'd be looking at her, I'd be like, Mom, are you, are you, are you certain? You don't, no, baby, I don't, I don't eat a lot. <laughs> Why is she putting barbecue sauce on stuff? Well, Mom, from, from this side, you, you, you eat okay. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is we, we go and she gets her food, but she has leftovers. The next day, it was, it was sometime in the morning. The next day, my phone rings, and it's mom. And it's unusual that she would, that she would call me. Now, she's, she's the queen of the butt dial, but it's, it's unusual that she would call me. So I pick up the phone and say, hey, mom. She says, hey, baby. She said, this is mom. Because I know it's you, but this is mom. Hey, 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 mom. And I say, mom, when I, when, when, when my wife, when we had children, she says, it's mommy. And I wanted to have my children say, Mama. She said, no, my children would not call me Mama. I said, well, I grew up calling my Mama Mama. She says, well, they ain't going to call me. She says, Mama sound country. <laughs> I say, well, I'm country. She says, well, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> so my children call her Mommy. I call my Mama Mama. So Mama called me up. Mama's like, baby, how you doing? I said, hey, Mama, I'm doing good. She says, you know what? I'm just sitting here. I brought out my leftovers to eat, and I thought about you. I just wanted to call you and tell you that I love you. Aww. So just, the mama, anyway, mama taught me, she said, listen, you, you're not going to be messy. One of the things I remember, because she, she, she told me something, and I learned that I always thought it came from her. But it came from my grandma. She told me it came from my grandma, her mama, my grandma. And when I thought about it, I've heard my aunties, her sisters, say something similar, so then it started to connect. That probably started with Grandma Betty. But here's my mom used to tell me. Because you grow up and you say, it's like, hey, I couldn't, I couldn't make up my bed. I didn't make up my bed. She was a big makeup bed. She used to keep house, be a maid or whatever you call it, and she knew how to do the corners on the bed. So my mom was big, smooth and light. It, it can't be just made up with wrinkles. You got to get it, you got to smooth this sheet out. You got to tuck it under the pillow. And so mama ain't got time for all that. She's making the bed up. My mama say, there is no reason that you can tell me that you could not make up your bed. There is no reason that you tell me that's going to fit, that you forgot to make up your bed. Now, check this out. This is country. It's got my bed. It sounds like it, but his mama said this. Said, Making up your bed is like using the bathroom. When you get done, everything you got to deal with is right behind you. So just like you wipe your behind before you leave the bathroom, turn right around when you get up and make up your bed. Now, my aunties always didn't use behind, you know, use some other flowery words. But the bottom line is, she was saying, when you get out of your bed, if you make it a point to turn around and make up your bed right then, we never have to have this conversation again. But she taught me practical things. And I can tell you right now, the fact that she taught me the practical and she drilled that in me is something that I know my wife today appreciates. She does.
because she don't just have a, a guy who, listen, can do everything around the house, but who does. All right. Next perspective. Leading up to our fourth perspective, Hagar and Ishmael. This is Genesis 21, verses 14 through 16 in the voice. So Abraham got up early in the morning, took bread and a container of water and gave them to Hagar. He placed them on her shoulder, gave her the child, his firstborn, and sent them away. A little backstory. They were having issues in the house. This was their way of saying, listen, Abraham said, you're not doing good with Sarah, my, my, my wife, wife, my main squeeze. You just as the woman on the side. You and this baby, y'all ain't getting along. Get. So he kicked him out. OK, so she left and wandered in the wilderness near Beersheba, Beersheba. When the water in the container was all gone in desperation, say in desperation, in desperation, she left the child under the shade of one of the bushes. Then she walked off and sat down opposite him about a bow shot away. So 50 yards or so. Hagar said this. I can't bear to watch my child die. As she sat there, she cried loudly. Perspective number four. Talking about moms. What are men going to talk about? Perspective number four in late to mom, it says this. She left me or we butted heads or for whatever reason we grew apart. But over time, God has brought us back together or I have learned to love her or I see her way of thinking or I see why or whatever she did and all that stuff in hindsight. So let me tell you a little something from my perspective. That any other gentleman that wants to add something to there is, is, is good. I have never had a split with my mom. Me and my mom have always been good. I will say, though, and you can attest for those of you who remember time or still have time with your mom. There were times that we didn't always see eye to eye. There were times that, quite frankly, mom wanted me to do something in my life or approach life a certain way. that I didn't think, no, I'm, I'm old enough to make that own, my own decision, mom. That's not how I'm going to do this. And we would we would we would we would butt heads. There is something that happens, though, family. When you get older and you start to get some of that wisdom that only life can teach you. You begin to get a glimpse of. Wow, I see why my mama said no. I see why she didn't want me to do that. I see why she didn't want me to go there. I see why she didn't want me to hang out with them. When you think about that scripture, it said that that mama left her boy. But notice it said she left him in desperation. You don't know what was going on in life with mama at the time. You don't know. And if you've never walked in her shoes. You probably can't fathom if you have somewhere in your heart that my mama left me. She put me to the side. She did me wrong or whatever. Um, I'm here to tell you after having lived on this earth for many, many decades and, and, and experienced a lot of things. Sometimes when you put in a situation, you might think you might act. You would act a certain way. 
But in, in the midst of that situation, you might find yourself acting completely opposite to the way you thought you would act. Especially if that pressure is on you all the time. If mama was in that environment all the time. If she always felt like she didn't have enough all the time. If I, 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 have, I have experienced, not in our home, but I have experienced a mom who loves her children like you just cannot imagine, but it's just her. And they a challenge. And she always dealing with stuff. Gotta all, why I'm always got to come down here to this school for you? Why you can't, why you can't just, just do right? It's not that she don't love them. It's, and even some of the words may not be the best words to say, but it's in desperation. She, I, I, I want to, I just want the best for you, but my goodness. It just feel like sometime if I could just have some time away from you. Or y'all. Not that we don't love you. And as a as a as a younger one looking upward, all you see is mama saying no. Mama always fussing at me. Mama always telling me what to do. Mama. But when you sit back and look at that thing with adult eyes, y'all, y'all, y'all was pretty rough on mama. Y'all didn't know mama was trying to put food on the table, going to the job with people not treating her right. But she had to stay on that job to feed your behind. To put clothes on your tail. And you complaining about the game you ain't got. That your phone broke. Mama trying to give you some food in your stomach. Trying to keep a roof over your head. She got more things to think about than what, you, than what you dealing with. Even though you think your world is huge. Hers is bigger. But it says she left. If anybody ever gives you an indication that she just walked away from her son. She didn't. She didn't want to do that. That hurt her to her heart. But she said, I can't stand to sit by here and watch my son die. Desperation. Any gentleman want to add anything to that? Sure, go ahead. Any microphone works? State your, state your name and we'll move on to the, to the final perspective. <clears throat> good morning, good morning. Uh, my name is Vincent, and uh, I was that child. You might not believe it. <laughs> I learned, but I didn't know why I was learning. Uh, from making the bed, it taught me by going in there, and she made it up. It, it, yeah, stuff missing. So I was like, okay, mama, I get the point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make Lima stuff alone. So I learned the hard way. But I didn't know I was learning but by keeping my room clean, by taking care of responsibility. My mom was a single parent. And back then, it was a struggle, especially for, a, a, I'm sorry to say, for a black woman where we grew up with, they didn't want to give them nothing. She was scrubbing floors, cooking food, cleaning houses. I'm complaining about what I don't have. I didn't know how much she was a blessing until I got older. I didn't know that I was going to be a single parent. I didn't know she was teaching me how to love my, my child and my children regardless. That's a big word, y'all, especially coming from me because I was that child. I was the one that made it impossible 
for you to love her, for, for her to love me. But she always did. She always showed me compassion. I learned it from her. She showed me patience. I learned it from her. She showed me understanding. Her teaching made the army easy for me. You should see how many grown men cry when they get yelled at. <laughs> What's wrong with you? All you did was tell you to pick the stuff up and just cry. Uh, but I was raised by that woman. You understand? I wasn't just a roommate. I was raised to take care of myself, to take care of my responsibilities. And as I grew and I looked at what she did with my adult eyes, I realized that's why I had to do that. Now I got to teach him. And that's why I had to learn that now I have to teach her. Without her, I could not have done what the world put me in situations to do. I could not have handled the things that I had to take care of because I wouldn't have known. But that one lady by herself, she brought me up to respect, to love, to understand, and to be patient with my children so that I can raise them like she raised me. And they will stray. Once again, I was that child. But as the words say, you know, you raise them up, they'll come back. And I thank God I did. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Say, <laughs> well, mama. Last perspective. Final perspective. Oh, go back one, please. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Parker Smith, go ahead, please. Hello, good morning. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. I am Brian Parker Smith, as they say. Um, so if you don't know me, my wonderful mother is sitting over there, Emerald Parker. Um, she is cleaning. As I've been a college student so far, I realized that a lot of kids are just disgusting. <laughs> like to the point where I grew up, I would say this loud and proud. I never wanted to clean a bathroom, none of that. And now I, I clean the whole entire apartment. I'm, I'm, I'm in the fridge and the, the little crevices scrubbing, just doing the most. But all in all, I just want to come up here and say I'm very thankful that my mama has taught me to be very cleanly, very clean, because one day I'm going to get a wife and she's going to want someone who's very clean. And she also taught me a lot of patience. I'll come up here now. You see me, I'm very calm, cool, collective. I was never that way. I was terrible as a kid. I was such a, such a hassle to deal with, but I'm very thankful that she was very patient with me and she sowed so many seeds that you guys don't see this. And people see me now like, oh, Brian's so nice, he's so kind. I love being around him. And that's all thanks to her. So I am a clear reflection of my mother. And all the seeds she's, she's sown has made everyone sowed seed into me as well. So I just want to come up here and thank you for her and thank you for all the mothers that have sowed seed into me. And happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Perspective five. 
Mary at the foot of the cross as Jesus hung there. John 19, verses 23 through 26, easy to read. After the soldiers nailed Jesus to the cross, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts. Each soldier got one. They also took his tunic. It was all one piece of cloth woven from top to bottom. So the soldiers said to each other, we should not tear this into parts. Let's throw lots to see who will get it. Shooting craps even back in them days. Snake eyes. This happened to make clear the full meaning of what the scriptures say. They divided my clothes among them and they threw lots for what I was wearing. So the soldiers did this. Jesus's mother stood near his cross. Notice that. Her sister was also standing there with Mary, the wife of Clophus and Mary Magdalene. Jesus saw his mother. He also saw the follower he loved. He said, that's John, very much standing there. He said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son. I want you to notice right there where it says Jesus's mother stood near the cross where he was having that very, very bad day. Perspective number five, gentlemen. Man talk perspective number five. For his mom, hey, she stood by me. She was there. She has always stood by me. She has always been there. She was my biggest cheerleader as I grew up. And when I became a man, she continued to cheer me on. Even when it feels like the world or life is crucifying me, I can look out and see she is still there. I'm going to open up to the gentleman first. Please. Yes, sir. Morning. Happy Mother's Day. Um, I'm Tarot, uh, better known as Amber's husband. Um, okay. Hello? Yeah. Um, so my mom, uh, so she had me when she was uh, 20, 20 years old. Um, and, you know, as I became older and, and had, a, had a child, you really grasped how, how young that is and how much she dealt with. You know, she had a high school education, was born in South Florida, moved to Jacksonville where I was raised. Um, but, you know, I always felt, um, I never felt secondary to anybody. You know what I mean? No matter what was going on, she always made sure I had what I needed, um, regardless of whatever man she was dealing with. Um, I was always first. I never felt second to anybody. Um, so, she just had this balance. I think most, most mothers, most parents want their kids to do better or just to have a good life, right? You want to see them go on and do good. Um, <clears throat> so she had this uh, balance, a nice balance of compassion, um, but stern, being stern at the same time. Um, so, you know, and it's always, it always, I, we, we've always been together. Um, it was always us, and I always knew she had my back, regardless of what I did, uh, whatever trouble I got into. You just, it always felt good to know you had somebody you can come back. I was always gonna tell you it was gonna be okay. Um, you know, even though you were wrong, everybody knew you were wrong, but, you know, mom, <laughs> mom, you know, you can always lay your head on mom's chest, and it was, you know, you felt okay. Yes. Um, 
at the same time, you know, she'll jack you up too. You know, it's, you know, it was, you know, it was a balance. You know, it was a balance we had. So, um, I remember one time I was, uh, I was going to Cookman. So, I, uh, you know, trying to play football, study, and you know, party and all that good stuff, and uh, I almost flunked out. You know, I got the letter to the house, and I think I waited before I had to go back to tell it. <laughs> so, you know, it's about an hour and a half from, from uh, Jacksonville to uh, Daytona, hour, hour and a half, something like that. That lady cussed me out the whole, <laughs> the whole ride, like an hour and a half straight. That lady cussed me out the whole ride. I couldn't believe it. I'm just sitting there, just, you know, you know, it's nothing you can say. You just take it. You just take it. So, um, and it's amazing, you know, you can be so afraid of just like this, this little person. And, you know, you can have so much fear of your mom, you know what I mean? Just a little person. Yeah, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, um, I always I tell Ali, I joke when I say, when you get older, I'm going to tell you about your real grandma on the other side. You know, I don't know about that part. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I, um, she never discouraged me from anything, you know, whatever whatever I wanted to do or said, no matter how, you know, wild it may have seemed or I, I never felt like I couldn't do it because of something she said. It was, I never, I never had that, never felt that at all. So, um, you know, even, even now I think the biggest way or one of the biggest ways for me to honor her is just um, for her to see me living a good life, right? Have a family, um, and, and she can see the things that she taught me early on um, stay with me, you know. Uh, and it was a foundation for me to be the man I am today. Um, so I think, I think that's one of the biggest ways to honor her. Um, and Cash, she likes Cash. <laughs> uh, you know, cash is king, she'll tell you. Cash is king. So, uh, so yeah, that's it. That's, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Mama say, make it rain up in here. Your, your, your words of love is good, but can I let the kid cash his king? Oh. All right, we had, we had two other gentlemen, um, Adrian or Frank. You want to add anything to that? Mr. Frank's come up, then you can add, and then we'll, we'll do our wrap-up. <laughs> I like that. Cash, <laughs> give, me some, give me some money. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, so I gave, I gave y'all a little preview when I first came up. But uh, my mom, I might need them napkins. <laughs> my mom is my biggest, biggest cheerleader. When I was telling my wife when uh, Pastor Shalita uh, texted her said uh, Pastor wanted uh, me to be on the podium. I was like not a problem. Anything anything Pastor want. That's my, that's my boy. <laughs> so so I guess maybe a couple hours later or maybe the day later she sent the thing and was uh, she want to talk on about mothers. I'm like oh that's not a problem. And so now I'm reading through the thing and I'm saying oh man he's, he's speaking to me. So, Diane Smith Jackson, that's my mom, my biggest cheerleader. I'm the favorite son. 
<laughs> I'm the favorite child. And when I told my wife that shit, what you gonna talk about? I'm like, well, I'm the favorite child. She's like, you can't say that. You can't have no favorites. Yes, you can. <laughs> Every mom knows her child. You know their strengths, their weaknesses, you know their faults, and my mom knows that from each one of us. I can say that when I was small, little Frankie, y'all see him running around here, I was 10 times him. I was the terror. But everybody knew that that was Lit Frank. And my mom would defend with everything. I mean, I was the one throwing brake shoes at the neighbors and, and, and cussing them out as a little kid. And I was just terrible. But mom has always been there. And my father passed when I was eight years old. So, my mom raised me and, four, and three other kids. She put three of us through college. I never knew my mom would work a day in her life. My dad left her with burial policies and insurance and stuff like that there, uh, and, and savings accounts. So. I knew it was a struggle because she bought the house three doors down from where I was, was at. My grandmother and stuff was across the street and stuff like that. But she always say, well, I ain't got money for this. I ain't got money for that. But for some reason, I was always in football. I never went without. My brothers and sisters never went without. But I never knew early until I got older that she was also helping her. I called my deadbeat uncles paying their child support and, and keeping them out of jail and stuff like that. So she not only was my cheerleader and made sure that we was taken care of in the household, she was doing and sending that to her brothers and her sisters. So when I met Nigel, one of the checkoffs was I wanted someone, if God to take me today, that's going to be there for little Frankie. Going to be there for Naya. Going to be there for Noel. Because one thing that my mom always told me, that she was never going to get married because God only gave her one husband. And that she didn't want to take someone else's name. She wanted all her kids to be Jacksons. So when I look at my wife and I see her interact with my son, I'm hard on him, but she's the one that gives him the love, that affection, and tell him, well, this is why dad is hard on you. Now, I give him back that love also. She's the one that also reminds me that you got two little daughters. You got to make sure that you're spending time with each one of them. So she's my support system. She's my better half. But I thank God that my mom instilled things on me and values that to look for in a woman. So I thank her for the day. When I see her, my mother-in-law, she's the sweetest thing in the world. Can't say anything bad about her. I thank her all the time for the mom 
that she created that I have. I thank her for her daughter. My sister-in-law, Stephanie, I see the same thing. What their mom instilled into them. Couldn't ask for anything else. So I know when my little kids are with her that she's giving that mother love. So I don't care what she tell them or if she chastise them because I know where it's coming from. It's coming deep from a mother that has care because her mother has care. So, but, but yes, so my mom is my biggest cheerleader. I'm her favorite child. <laughs> and, and, and Niger knew when, when I took her, you know, mom was right there. So I called moms every day. When we was living in Louisiana, I would stop from work to mom's house just to check on her. And she's like, why are you always going to my, by your mom's house? Because that's what I do. So, 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 so mom, mom has always been there. There's never been an argument or anything like that that I can think of between us. How she got us to football practice and all these things and ripping and running with, with the broken down cars and all that stuff, that, that, that was mom. So um, I appreciate all your moms. Once again, I know y'all have a, a, a hard, hard job, uh, especially your, your single moms. Um, but my mom, like I say, she was dad and mom because my dad passed. So I have utmost respect for uh, the single moms, moms in general. You uh, have a lot on your plate, uh, especially the, uh, the households where the, guy, the dads are nowhere. They're not prison and stuff like that. So I can understand what you're going for. Uh, I always tell uh, kids that I mentor in, uh, in college that you only have one mom. I tell them, wherever you came from, don't forget the values that your mom taught you, whether if y'all butt heads or not. You can always call, fall back on the values that your mom taught you, and then mom is going to always be there. Dad may run off, but mom is going to be mom. All right. Thank you so much. And the, 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 the final, final voice on the topic. Go ahead, sir. All right, I think I'm better now. Um, so uh, earlier I said my, my dad and my mother never married. And uh, the, the cool thing about, I guess, that is um, on my mother's side, I was the baby. So um, everything that I got in terms of encouragement was, hey, you my last. You can do it. There's nothing you can do. God gave me you. And, you know, the, the world is yours. She kept instilling to me that the world is mine. And as long as I just... Trusting God, is, or she would say, as long as I trust in King Jesus, then I can do it. And she always took me back to that, that my success in life will be tied to God. But on my dad's side, I was the oldest. And so the thing that my mom uh, taught me was responsibility. I was the oldest. So I had two younger brothers and sisters that I had looking up to me. So everything was framed around you know, you have to be that person. You have to look out for them. You have to be that, that example. And so um, they, she wasn't hard, but she was very structured. Um, I remember one time, you know, everybody has a story about the uh, making up your bed. Mine was keeping my room clean and washing clothes. So uh, she taught me how to, she says, you're not going to be one of them kids that grow up that don't know how to do for themselves. 
Um, and so she taught me how to do that, as well as encouraged me to be the best. Um, one of the things that still sticks with me today that um, has helped me is uh, her and my dad would always say, why, why do good if you could do better? And why settle for better if you can do your best? And so it was always do your best. And so uh, without my mother's, I don't think that, I, no, I know for a fact that I wouldn't be where I am today doing what I do, um, being involved in ministry because, again, their focus has always been pointing me back to God. Everything that I do, everything I am, everything that I've become is tied to my relationship to God, and that was given to me by them. So, again, best cheerleaders I ever had. Thank you. Well, family, I appreciate your time today. As we, please, go ahead. One quick thing. As, yeah, please. I'll go ahead and share my, my, my final comment. I want you to notice, I want you to notice something here. Go back up to the scripture. Now, what I'm getting ready to tell you ain't Bible. It's Benjamin. But I want it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna ring true to you. For every 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 child that give their mother stuff, for every for every husband that you know pushing against his, his, his wife, giving her attitude, and, you know, I'm going to hang out with my boys. I, I want you to notice something. This is, this is, this is not Bible. <laughs> it's Benjamin. Notice. If you go through all this and you get to the end, verse 25, it says at the foot of the cross, or near the cross, it was Jesus' mama, her sister, there was a Mary, Married to the Discophus dude, and there was another, Mary Magdalene. And then it says that the fifth person was the follower or apostle or disciple, John. At the foot of the cross, when he's having, unarguably, his worst day on earth, there, out of all the people that know him, is four women and one dude. Is Benjamin's wisdom for you. A woman who loves you and is dedicated to you is four times more going to be there than any dude. She is four times more likely to be there for you than any dude. That's Benjamin. But I can tell you it's hard to argue with that for me because I've seen dudes leave and the woman stay. I've seen daddies leave and mama stay. Get this. I've seen women in a marriage put up with stuff for him and he can't put up with a fraction of that from her. A woman that loves you, that's dedicated to you. She's more likely that she's going to be there. So don't be talking bad about your mama. Because your mama, I'm, just, I'm bringing it home. Because your mama love you. Because when all the rest of the world is coming against you, when the dust settles and the smoke clears, you know who's going to still be standing at the foot of your cross? Your mama. Exactly. 
some kind of connection there. Once, once they lock you in your heart, they don't easily let you go. Please, sir. Um, in 2010, my, my mother transitioned to heaven. Um, but there was a song that came out some years back um, by Nicole Nordman. And the lyrics, when I hear them, I just think about the impact and who she was. And this is the chorus. Um, I want to leave a legacy. How will they remember me? Did I choose to love? Did I point to you enough to make a mark on things? I want to leave an offering. A child of mercy and grace who bless your name unapolog- unapologetically and leave that kind of legacy. Okay, well, we're going to, I think my wife's going to read something. But as for this service, a little unusual, but did you get anything out of the service today? It's on you. Yes, please, we can make this part of the, part of the message. Go, I, I don't know if your son knows you're going to read his card. He did not. Is it okay? He doesn't care. He used this one right. Happy Mother's Day. I received this card this morning from my son, and I just wanted to share it because as I was reading it, you know, sometimes as moms, you know, we, we it's a lot. But it's all worthwhile. And this card just reminded me of just how worthwhile and how important our purpose is in that um, there's one statement in here at the end, and I'll share it. It says, Mom, I'm the man I am because of you. When the world told me that a man had to be tough, you reminded me that a man could also be kind, generous, and loving. You were proud of me when I won. You were equally proud of me simply when I simply did my best. My strength has been shaped by your love, and that makes me a very lucky son. These are his words that he wrote. Hi, Mommy. As time goes by and life changes, I think about the past. Boys outgrow their toys and action figures, and they get too tall for their own beds. Boys get too tall for their own beds, and they will come home with their deep voice sounding like men. They talk about grown-up goals and laugh at their tough, if their boyish dreams. But for encouragement, advice, hugs, wisdom, home-cooked meals, and love, boys will always need their mothers. I will never outgrow you. Mommy, I love you. (laughs) That's your purpose. You're never, they never outgrow us. And so that is an honor. So happy. I just wanted to share that with you. Thank you. I do believe that is everything that I have, but there was something else prepared. I turn it over to whoever that is. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. And let me pray first.
God, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given us here today to share and hear a man's perspective on mom. I think it's so important that as mothers, especially mothers who may have the opportunity to be a nurturer to a young man, raise a young man, to be influential in a young man's life, that they hear firsthand from a man that all that they do has meaning. I pray that each and every mom knows that they are appreciated and that they are loved and that someone lets them know how much they are appreciated. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.